Hi everyone, this is Steve Addison in Melbourne and Tim Shire down in, up in Sydney. Uh, greetings to you guys as you gather for the planting conference in Brisbane. Uh, sorry we couldn't be with you, uh, but there were no first class tickets sent to us or five star accommodation available, so we decided to do other things. Uh, now, Will asked me to talk a little bit about the book. Uh, and he, I think he's made it available to uh, a lot of you there at the conference, which is a great thing. But I reckon it'd be a lot more fun to talk about somebody who is living out the principles that uh, we talk about in the book. Uh, I'm, I'm the guy that tells the stories and debriefs the principles. Guys like Tim here and other parts of the world are the ones that are at the coalface having a go. And uh, there's an interview I did with Tim a little while ago on the, the uh, movements.net uh, website. And you can hear a bit of the background of uh, the early days of his ministry. But we're just going to dive in and talk a little bit about uh, how things have been going more recently. At uh, Well, Tim, you, you tell the guys, where, where are you based currently? Where, where are you ministering? Yeah, uh, I'm ministering leading a small team in a suburb of Sydney near Campbelltown, place called Airds. Uh, Airds is uh, a small community that was uh, built in the 70s uh, as primarily a housing commission suburb. There's about 4,000, 4,500 people there. 97% uh, of the housing's housing commission. Uh, somewhere between 30 and 50% unemployment and we estimate about 8 out of 10 households in Airds are affected by drug and alcohol abuse. So why, why would you want to go to a place like that, Tim? Well, we were attracted to Ayrts because it tops the list of socioeconomic disadvantage in the Sydney region and uh, thought that might be a good place to bring some good news. Okay. Well, how's that gone, bringing good news to Ayrts? Well, uh, I guess over the last 30 years, uh, the Anglican Church, which I'm a part of, has uh, been trying to bring good news to Ayrts. They've had a church building there in service and it hasn't gone real well. And so our approach uh, with what we've started over the last six months uh, has been really about getting out in the community and meeting people and doing a lot of listening and trying to learn about the local conditions, what life's like, and uh, engage people in relationship, begin to tell them our own stories of what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how he's impacted our life, and uh, sharing the gospel with people. And what we're finding is tremendous receptivity to both us as, uh, as people and, uh, and, and to the message of Jesus Christ. Um, what does that re receptivity look like? Give us, give us a bit of an insight. Uh, well, um, one, one of the first people I met there uh, was a young girl I met um, by accident, I, I was trying to follow up on a contact I'd made while I was prayer walking. Went to the wrong door, and and uh, but got talking with this young gal with a small child, and realized that uh, she she seemed like she wanted to talk. And so I said to her, "Tell me, do you have any kind of spiritual belief?" And she wanted to talk about that. She told me about her belief in God, uh, but she also said to me uh, very early in that conversation that she wouldn't be caught dead in the church. Mm. I thought found that fascinating, and so I began to paint a picture to her of what I thought it would look like if the kingdom of God really began to break into this broken, 
uh, hurting community. And when I described that a little bit, I said to her, I said, if you could be involved in something like that, would you want to be? And she said, absolutely. And uh, I just baptized her yesterday. And okay. she's, she, she's led four other people to Christ. And it seems like uh, wherever uh, the people were meeting in airs, and it's now beginning to accelerate in terms of number of contacts, uh, most of them are really interested in learning about what it means to know Jesus Christ. And, and what I think we're doing is we're bringing people in this place that's pretty dark, we're bringing them hope and a message that can touch their hearts and change their lives and give them a foundation and some, uh, some way to make sense out of their predicaments and some way to make something of their lives and of their families. So how, how do you connect with people? Well, the first part of our, of our strategy has been thinking about how do we enter into this new target area amongst these people. So we've sought to learn everything we could about these people, and then we've come up, coming up with very simple strategies to make contact with people. Uh, and that's really the first uh, port of call is, is really an entry plan. We've done that through some prayer walking, and then also done that through uh, something that we call Adopt-A-Block, where we go out each week uh, in teams of two, and we just knock on doors and introduce ourselves and get to know people, then a fortnight later or so go back to some of those same houses. And we've also uh, been very intentional about wanting to meet uh, the family members and the friends of those that have responded. What, why do you do that? Well, just looking at the New Testament uh, and some of the patterns we see there, that it seems to be when Jesus um, sends uh, his disciples out, we read about it in Luke 10, Matthew 10, uh, into the towns and villages, he tells them to look for the person of peace. And, uh, and we have numerous examples of that through the book of Acts. Uh, people like Cornelius, uh, people like Lydia, the Philippian jailer, uh, Crispus, Jason, so on and so on. Um, we believe that, that God has prepared people in this community to receive the gospel, who will be influential people in spreading that through their household, their oikos. And so we're looking for those persons of peace. And the, our strategy to do that is part of our entry plan where we want to meet as many people as we can, share our stories, and share the gospel with as many as we can, because there's going to be some key people which will help us really embed the gospel into the local community through those local uh, people who will emerge as leaders. Okay, so, so you, as you go out connecting with as many people as you can, building relationships, sharing the gospel, you're, you're assuming somewhere, or what you found is somewhere amongst them, will be someone like the Samaritan woman or Cornelius. And not only will they that person be responsive, but they'll connect you to a relational world that's now more open to the gospel because of the change they see. Yep, that, that's exactly right. Um, let me tell you about Riley. He was uh, He's a year six boy we baptized yesterday. And uh, we, we, there's something we started up was because we we're meeting some people, we thought, well, let's have a way to just get to know them better. So we've got use of the Anglican Church building up there. It's got a decent kitchen and a bit of a hall. So we thought, well, let's invite a few people up there for just dinner on Tuesday night. So a few weeks into this, this young boy ducks his head, and his name's Riley. And uh, he says, what are you doing? And I said, well, we're just having dinner. Come on in. So he comes on in. Another young boy, Aboriginal boy, comes in named Andrew. These two young fellows give their lives to Christ, 
and, um, and, and start coming regularly. So we go and meet Raleigh's uh, mother, whose name is Sue, and we find out that um, she takes in strays, as she calls it. She's got a young 16-year-old girl living with her who's yeah. pregnant and another guy. And they're not relatives, but this girl was in, was in significant need, and so she took her in. And, uh, and then Raleigh brought a friend, Ryan, another young boy I baptized yesterday. And Sue's friends with uh, Raleigh's mom, Tanya, who I baptized yesterday. And this young girl, Kelly, I baptized yesterday too, because she's given her life to Christ. Now, Sue, we haven't yet even presented the gospel to Sue, because just we've shared her story with us several times. She's coming up on Tuesday. She's helping She's getting involved in community, and through her, we've seen Kelly and Tanya and Ryan come to faith, and there's still other people in that in that network of relationships that are open that we haven't even just had a chance to share the gospel with, including Sue herself. Wow. And so she's a- you've really seen not, not just individuals, but God has touched relational networks, and they're they may be family networks or they may just be people who know each other well or share a house together. You're, you're seeing God uh, not just reach individuals but um, multiple individuals within, within a network. Yeah, and, and, and that's just beginning now to, to sort of take off at a different level. In the last uh, three weeks, we've seen 10 uh, people come to faith and uh, that's probably about as many as we saw come to faith in the first five months. So on uh, Tuesday night this week, I was sharing with the group just very informally at, at, at this dinner, just a little bit from Acts, and how we read that the Lord was adding daily to the number mm-hmm. of those being saved. And uh, I shared with them a vision and, and a prayer and asked them to pray that that would happen in airs because now we're, we're seeing that the Lord weekly is adding to, them, to the number of those who are being saved. And... Uh, the dinner was just like sort of eight people, ten people, seven people, twelve people. Then all of a sudden it was thirty, thirty, and then this last week about thirty-five or thirty-six, and uh, new people coming all the time. And it just seems like something's happened, mm. and uh, it's not—they're not people we're inviting. It's just through those relational networks. And then as we sit around at dinner afterwards, uh, some of the believers just share their story and share the gospel with some of the people that have come. And when just, you say some of the believers, are they team members or new believers or both? Both. 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 Yeah, so I've got, a, I've got a few local Christians that I've, I've begun training in these small groups we've started, and they're now seeing what God's doing. They've been emboldened to step out where they were very fearful at first, but now they're finding some courage in God because they see that God's just sovereignly at work, and it's not that hard. And he's He's preparing people. So they're, they're sharing their faith and... Uh, you know, every week now, people are coming to Christ. And so we're making new contacts through the week and trying to follow up and disciple those and get people into groups. It's all a bit of chaos just now and fairly disorganized because mm-hmm. even though it's still very small, uh, it's actually grown quite quickly from what it was. And it's caught us a little bit off guard. And so we're, we've got a bit of a consolidation meeting this week to try to firm up the plan because some plans we made about three weeks ago to put a little bit more structure in some of the things they're already outdated because of the numbers of people that are coming. Hey, you, uh, you've got a mess there, Tim. That that a lot of us would love to uh, love to have. We would love to have that problem. Too many well, yeah. people are coming to faith. <laughs> yeah, it, again, it's it's very early days, yeah. but uh, I think God's really doing something. I think we we've we've found something that's significant, a significant key, and that's 
just the need to have to really pray hard and to be very intentional about building relationships with lost people in the community, looking for the persons of peace, and being willing to simply share uh, stories of what it means to know Jesus Christ, our own personal stories, and then a, a very simply reproduced way, using the New Testament to share what the gospel is, and inviting people to uh, to become Christians. Now, th this, this gal is telling me about Tanya, who's Ryan's mother, who was uh, there for the first time this Tuesday night. I talked about baptism, and she came to me, she said... Um, we'd like to be baptized. Well, I knew Ryan wanted to be baptized. And I said, what do you mean you want to be baptized? And so I said, well, let's have a chat. And she said, well, I said, well, why do you want to be baptized? She says, well, I just really feel I need a foundation for my family. Mm. And Ryan's been getting in a bit of trouble and, and he needs something. And she says, I, I just feel we need God in our lives. And I said, well, Tanya, let me, let me explain to you what it means to be an authentic follower mm. of Jesus. So I opened my New Testament and I went to a number of verses, and I asked her to read the verses aloud, and I said, well, what does that say to you? And so we dialogued through the scriptures, talking about the problem of sin, God's solution, the need for a response, and the result from that response, and finished with Revelation 3.20, which says, you know, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come on, come in and eat with them and he with me. So we talked about that, and she began to understand that that's, that's Jesus knocking on the door of our hearts, mm. but he's not going to barge in. He's... He, he waits for us to open the door. So I asked her a series of questions. I said, Tanya, do you, do you know you're a sinner? And she immediately said, yes. Mm. And I said, uh, do you want forgiveness for your sins? Immediately, yes. Mm. I said, do you believe Jesus died on a cross for you and rose again? Immediately, yes. I said, are you willing to surrender your life to Jesus Christ? Mm. She says, yes. I said, hang on a second. Let me explain to you what that means. Now, I'd done that a little bit when I went through the scriptures with her. So I explained that to her a little bit more. I said, is that what you're wanting to do? She says, yes. I said, are you willing to do that? She says, yes. I said, are you ready to invite Jesus in your heart and life now? She says, yes. So she did. Wow. Wow. And, you know, it, it's amazing because it, right now, most of the people we get to that point to of sharing mm -hmm. the gospel in that way are saying yes to wanting to have Jesus in their life and to begin to follow him. And that's why we've been so encouraged. You know, we read in 1 Corinthians that, you know, Paul says, I planted the seed, Apollo's watered, but God made it yes. grow. Yes. I've never been in a context where I've seen such evidence of God making things grow. And we're just planting some seeds by meeting people, loving them, trying to model what it means to be a Christian, being very open about our faith, but really respecting where people are at and really trying to listen to them and tune into you know the channel, that the wavelength that they're on. A lot of them have drug problems, relational mm. problems, so we've just had a very accepting of people with all their warts, and I think this dinner's growing because there's just a sense of acceptance and a sense of community there that you can see it on the people's faces. Yes. And, and a week, lot of those folks that are coming, they live in the area, but they don't necessarily know each other. No, that's correct. Some of them do, but some of them don't. So they're making new friends, mm. and we're finding a lot of people, although it's a compact community, are very isolated. Yes. And they don't have good relationships. And a lot of the relationships that are there are, are fairly volatile. So there's a lot of yelling, a lot of drug and alcohol mm. stuff going on, a lot of domestic violence, mm. and a lot of crime in the community. Yeah. And it's just, it's created something that's very different that the people are just very receptive to. And just being able to talk about Jesus in very simple terms, explaining what he's done and who he is from the, from the, from the Gospels and from the Book of Acts, uh, God's just doing something. 
So what are you learning? Um, I mean, it really does seem like God is doing an amazing thing here. Uh, but as you said, you, you've got to plant and water. God gives the growth. So what are you learning about your role in you know, planting and watering this thing? Well, I think, I think what we're doing well, and, and again, one of our restrictions is I'm only there three days a week right now. Mm. Starting in February, I hope to be there more significantly. You've, you've quit role. your job to do this. I have quit my job to do this, so uh, I'm looking forward to that. But in terms of our entry plan, that's working well. Our gospel plan, which is really the second step in our, in our model of ministry, we're sharing the gospel consistently in a simple way, and we're teaching people to share the gospel. That's well. Our real challenge now is discipleship. So we've got mm. a number of discipleships growing, but with the increase of just the last few weeks, that's all in chaos. It needs to be sort of, you know, pulling people in and and restructured, and you know, how are we going to have enough groups and leaders for all these groups? And so we're we're seeking to raise up uh, local leaders as, as as quickly as we can. Um, and and I think that's the challenge right now is is going to be discipleship and how well we can can stay focused. And stay true to what our ministry model is, and uh, how quickly we'll see some of these local people emerge. Now, our, our our hope is that as disciples are made, church will form sort of uh, without a whole lot of energy. Uh, some people are coming up to the local Anglican congregation. We're not encouraging that or discouraging that. Mm. Our end game is really hope, hoping to start some small, simple house churches that just function as churches, people learn what it means to be a disciple, and they just begin to be church. And I guess in a little bit of sense, we see that happening on Tuesday night, but we don't want that to be the end game, because that's not reproducible. we got about 35 coming there. The building can probably hold about 50 or 60, so we're, you know, we're, we're wanting to see thousands come to faith in Christ. So we're, we're really looking to, to create re- simply uh, structures that are simple and easily reproduced as we see local leaders raised up. So, I so guess what your, your is, hope is that as uh, as God works in ads, that the people who are coming to faith themselves will become workers and will minister the gospel and disciple others as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that, that's exactly it. And I think in my experiences in in more traditional uh, ministry models in the past, I think where we often get it wrong is. We go from the contact with the new person to inviting them to church, mm-hmm. sort of the end game, without really being very intentional and focused on the gospel presentation and the discipleship. So the, the Great Commission is about making disciples. And I think we, we, we try to meet people, invite them to church, and thinking the church event and the building will do the gospeling mm-hmm. and the disciple. It, so it's it been really important to to have a presence in the community, in people's lives, but intentionally and early on uh, share the gospel with them. And in the case of uh, Nikki, help uh, her right away. I, I think you told me uh, was it within a day or so her partner had come to know Christ. And uh, and did you marry them recently, or they were married? But very recently, and I, I gave a little message, and Brian, one of our team members, did did the service. He's a yeah. he's a cell, and then they were both baptized yesterday as well. With, wow! With the, the, the kingdom has come to Ed's, and that's a wonderful thing. Well, we're encouraged. So, Tim, um, just thinking, if if people are listening to this and. Think, well, how could I learn more or how could I get equipped in this simple 
model of evangelism that, that leads to multiplying churches, where would you suggest they go? Talk to Steve Addison. <laughs> okay. Re- read his book, do you think? Yeah, rereading Steve's book would be a good start. Uh, make sure you pay me for that. Uh, yeah, and, and I'm happy to have some some uh, dialogue via email with someone or someone can give me a call. Uh, yeah, I can be contacted through our uh, Church Army website, which is uh, uh, churcharmy.com.au. Uh, there's a few others that you're in contact with, Steve, that are okay. trying to Okay, and you, you're doing <laughs> some training of, of people who want to engage around the, the Sydney area, aren't you? Yep, yep, we're, and also I've got a group in Canberra that I've been begun training. I'll be down there tomorrow night and Saturday, and, mm. and uh, hoping to have a conversation with people. And 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 the the framework we're using, and the ministry model we're using is the most simplest thing I've ever been introduced introduced to in my life. In fact, in about an hour, I can explain to someone who's who's got a bit of a background, and and they can know enough to make a star. Right. It is amazingly simple and basic. So that's been very heartening. One more question, that. Tim. We've got a uh, hopefully a, a room of uh, folks up in Brisbane with a heart to uh, do evangelism, make disciples, and plant churches. Um, what would you like to say to them? Well, I, I think what I'd like to say to them is just do it. Um you know, I spent a lot of time thinking about it, talking about it, sitting in conferences, filling my head with all sorts of information. And early this year, uh, someone stood up and said to me, do you believe God wants many people saved now? And that was a very penetrating, a very confronting question. And out of that, for me, came some significant changes in my ministry, which has led to me heading up this team and this project on an airs. And... Uh, what I think we need to do is we, we need to stop talking about it and just make a commitment to find a group of people that aren't being reached, find an area that's not being reached, grab a couple other nuts who believe that God could just be in something like that and get out there and uh, just begin meeting people intentionally, sharing your story, sharing the gospel, and training those people how to do the same with their friends and family. Hmm. That's great, Tim. And uh, maybe before we, we sign off, I'll just reflect to the group, um, this might get edited out, by the way, but we will do it anyway. Uh, just uh, what I've learned by watching what God's done in ads, and uh, you know, first of all, at the heart of what I'm seeing is, uh, you know, through through the Gospels and Acts and the example of Paul, what's grabbed you is uh, the people of God are a missionary movement. You're not a pastor so much as the leader of a missionary band. Uh, that's making disciples, planting churches. So there's a big shift in the way, you know, you don't start by talking about this is when we started our service or here's my sermon series. You started with I'm out meeting people, sharing Christ. Um, and then all those characteristics uh, of, of uh, dynamic movements, of church planting movements, you know, I, I look for a white-hot faith. Uh, that people are passionate about the Lord and have faith that he can work and, and change lives. I look for uh, high levels of commitment to a cause because something's gripped them. I look for uh, contagious relationships, so that whole spread of the gospel through networks. 
and rapid mobilization, which is about the newest believers can share with others and disciple others. And then finally, methods that are, that are adaptive, that, that simply work and are easily picked up by others. So uh, all of those things are present. And uh, I don't think we can pre-engineer this thing as though we'll do these five things and we'll get a movement. But we can say, uh, if we do the planting and the watering, if we apply these things, God in his sovereign grace and mercy will do wonders. And uh, it's just so exciting, you know. So often I'm telling stories about other parts of the world. So it's, it's so good to be uh, telling stories of what God's doing in uh, in, in our neck of the woods. Hmm. That's a great summary, Steve. Well, thanks, Tim. And uh, we'll say farewell to uh, the good folks up in Brisbane and look forward to meeting face-to-face sometime with you guys. And uh, God bless you. Bye.